You're listening to the Jim Bradford Podcast, conversations on faith, life, and leadership. I'm your host, Chase Replogle. On today's episode, Pastor Jim joins me to talk about two phrases that he uses in his commitments to Central Assembly. The first is being people-centered, and the second is team-based. We talk about what it means for a pastor to lose the people-centeredness of ministry and how you can regain that love for people. We also talk about how you can take that people-centeredness and apply it to leading a church staff through teams. And even if maybe like me, you're a part of a small church that doesn't have a large church staff, uh, Jim talks about how all churches, regardless of size, can include people, can welcome people in, and take a team-based approach to ministry. As always, a really helpful conversation. I hope you enjoy it and get as much out of it as I did. Well, Pastor Jim, it's uh, it's an honor and privilege to be back with you this week and uh, continue our conversations we've been having around some of the core commitments that you made to the congregation at Central when you first came. So thanks for the opportunity to sit down and talk again about spiritual leadership and pastoral ministry. Thanks, Chase. I deeply appreciate the opportunity to converse with you and uh, to think, um, kind of to pull the curtains back and look at a little more depth uh, at, at the various elements of what we try to do as spiritual leaders. So it's a privilege to do this with you. Well, we've talked about several of uh, these commitments that you made when you first came to Central and made those in sort of a public capacity, one of your first mm-hmm. Sundays here to the congregation. And uh, um, there's been some really interesting ones. Some of the past discussions, you know, I will disappoint you was one of the commitments right. that I think stands out. <laughs> and the one they all remember. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But there's uh, uh, the one I want to look at today is uh, this commitment that you will try to lead in a people-centered way and a team-based approach, that the way you approach ministry will be people-centered and will be based in a team approach. Um, what do you mean, and what is this distinction you're trying to draw out when you talk about a, a people-centered ministry? Yeah, that was a very deliberately chosen phrase. Put together with team-based, uh, it really is the heart of my philosophy, of mini- my functional philosophy of ministry. When I was a general secretary, my boss was, of course, the general superintendent, Dr. George Wood, I remember him saying one day, um, you know, you hear about leadership all the time, but whatever happened to loving people? And that really resonated in a very meaningful way uh, for me, although I'd made this commitment to Central years earlier. um, I found even myself getting lost in the whole leadership mentality, leadership rhetoric, leadership vocabulary, And uh, it just kind of in that moment jolted me back to reality. This at the core motivationally is about loving people. And I I think on the motivational level, there's three layers. There's, of course, what we do, we do for the glory of God. We're passionate about in the end God being glorified, that there be a people in the earth to his glory. Secondly, we do what we do because of God's specific call on our lives uh, and the assignment he has uh, put us in. And so I want to be obedient to that call. He called me out of engineering into pastoral ministry. So I, I want to live out that call. That's part of the motivational structure of my life. I want to be obedient to him. But uh, wrapping all those together, you know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 
you know, I can, I can have all wisdom. I can prophesy, I can preach, I can lay down my life. I can be a martyr even, but if I don't like love people, it's all useless. And, and it does come back to why we do what we do. It's the why before the what. Ultimate, the ultimate why before the what for me in pastoral ministry is the people-centered piece. Um, like I think in maybe a previous podcast we talked about, that moment I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, all these people didn't come so that you get to preach. I mean, you preach because you're a servant to the spiritual potential of everybody out there. And I've come to believe that a lot of people don't trust that their pastors are doing what they do for the right reason. It, it, you know, it's very easy to do everything for self-interest rather than for other people. It's very easy to use people rather than serving people. We use people for my ultimate agenda or my ego or this church is the next step in a ladder to where I'd really like to ultimately be. For me, people-centered means I, you know, every church I've pastored, I try to pastor like I'm going to be there the rest of my life. I'm not using people uh, to advance my promotion in any way. I'm here to serve people. It's a whole servant leadership thing. And so just having, you know, at a motivational level, it's just having a heart to love people. I, I just think we, we ought to keep, it comes back to that simple thing. Without love, we're nothing. It's, you know, it's just clanging symbols. We're just making a lot of noise. We're saying a lot of words. We're doing, we're keeping our calendars busy. But First Corinthians 13 does tell us that it's all amounts to nothing if we don't authentically love people. So, so I wanted to, first of all, reassure, reassure people that, that that's at the heart of it. I think, you know, that's the motivational level, but, you know, at the functional level, you know, my dad was a businessman. He was also the most active volunteer in any church we pastored. And because he was so active as a volunteer, people used to say, you missed your calling. You should have been a pastor instead of a businessman. And he would always say to me, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I believe I'm supposed to be in the business world. But what my dad taught me was that you don't have to be a pastor to be a minister. And I will say that all the time to our congregation. I mean, everything is about not them paying me to be their hired hand. It's it's about us doing this together. I'm here to help everybody else reach their spiritual potential. And that's that's staying people-centered. It's not my performance-centered. So, so many times we get so focused on my performance and, and I, you know, am I being a great leader and everything. Well, the the whole issue is what's happening in people. That's, I mean, if, if people aren't growing and reaching their potential, then what you're doing is probably irrelevant to what you're supposed to be doing. I've seen evidence uh, in my own pastoral ministry and my work that how easy it is to start thinking about the kind of people you're trying to reach as a church, the yeah. sort of abstract demographic or sort of part of a community. And then to start looking at the actual congregation in front of you as the either the resources that will help you get there or the problems that are keeping you from getting there. And everything about people becomes sort of abstract. Like it's something yeah. you could put down in a diagram or you could you know model out in a pipeline. Um and I begin to realize what what gets lost for me is this people centeredness of ministry. Yeah. Are there things you've noticed 
that are your own tendencies or that you notice in other pastors that can sometimes, maybe you start with this passion for people, but through the work of ministry, the function, as the term you're using, um, that people-centeredness can begin to drift or can actually pull you, even though you're in ministry with people, can start to pull you away from knowing the actual people that are in front of you. Yeah, I do. So as a result, you know, I've like the first time around when I was pastoring Central here, um, you know, we probably had 3,000 adherents in the church, so it was a larger church. I still made time every week in my calendar just for anybody who wanted to come in and, and, and see me. Um, that's sort of antithetic to the sort of mega church pastor, uh, probably advice you hear out there. But I, I just I just needed to keep knowing, I, I think I'm going to do ministry well. I need to know God well, and I need to know people well, because I'm bringing them together around the text of scripture and around the mission we're accomplishing. So I, I just need to keep being available to people. And so I, I, I do sometimes look at my calendar and say, am I only getting together with leaders here? Am I, you know, in an average week, do I just talk to the people I'm trying to serve or, or is everybody on my calendar there for more self-serving purposes? That's just one little way in which I, I try to do that because you can really drift from that people-centeredness. The other is just, you know, do I think about people or do I only think about my performance? And, um, you know, what's really in your heart um, are, are the things you keep focusing on. And do I just, do I just love people? I can't, in a, in a church the size of, of Central, I can't be in every hospital room. I, I, I can't be walking with everybody through their pains. I wish I could be. As your church grows larger, you go sort of from being a shepherd to a rancher, you know. I hope not a shepherd to a CEO, but a shepherd to a rancher at least, where I've got to do ministry now through a lot of people. But e- even the motivation to do ministry through people, i got to always keep reminding myself, I'm equipping leaders that work on my team to serve other people because ultimately it's the, it's the end product. You know, it's, it's just truly making sure people are loved and cared for still has to be at, at the forefront. So I I just got to keep reeling things in on a regular basis to make sure that everything really is staying people oriented, even though my world tends to be working with other pastoral leaders. Yeah. um, I think it's really helpful the way you put that because I know there's, there's a tendency to sort of use that, leaders lead leaders who are, you know, the pastor, my job is to pastor the pastors who pastor, that it can actually, it can sometimes be a justification for not wanting to be around people or a way of, um, you know, I'm in a small, much smaller congregation. I can know most of the people, but there's this, you could, you could say to yourself, I need to be pastoring leaders as a way of sort of keeping myself from being people centered or really bearing that burden. So that's still, even, even at sort of the size congregation you're at, even though you are spending most of your time with your team, which we're going to get to, you're still trying to work in relationships, still taking appointments with people in the church. Absolutely. Yeah. I I just, otherwise I'm, I'm just going to drift too much in this really is going to become a job. It's not going to become, it's not going to stay just loving people. And, you know, Jesus bought this church with his blood. I mean, he, he loves people. He he said, you know, Acts twenty twenty eight, shepherd the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. And, and uh, th- those verses, that's been a, the Lord three years ago, really rekindled that assignment in my own heart. Um, I love this place. I love these people and I'm calling you to help me care for them. And if, if, if I get off that, then I start serving for self-serving reasons. 
the the other key phrase in this commitment, as you've sort of alluded to, was also a team-based approach to ministry. Maybe right. you could unpack what team-based approach means to you and why that's connected to this idea. This was a single commitment, right? People-centered and team-based, how those two are related. Yeah, my uh, my my youth pastor, the first time I came to Central, Craig Cunningham, used to say, we're better together. And of course, you hear that term a lot these days uh, still. Uh, I just love that. We're better together. I just find um, we've re- even restructured our pastoral team into into more team-based assignments. I just find we're much more creative rather than that's your responsibility and that's your responsibility. But s- strategy teams, sub-teams, our, our staffing actually involves several part-time people because we can leverage much more uh, and it's easier on the budget uh, when we when we're working together in teams. So it changes the way you view your whole structure. But at the congregational level, it's like what Jesus did. He sent them out two by two, like Paul did. He waited in Corinth, you know, to Timothy, joined him. Uh, and then he advanced his, you know, went more public with his ministry in Corinth. He, Paul always seemed to have a traveling team with him. Um, it, it just, because relationship is at the heart of the kingdom of God, right? Love God, love others. Uh, those are those are not strategic terms or relational terms. Uh, everything needs to come. We've made the church so corporate, but everything needs to stay really relational. And so it only makes sense to me that that we do ministry together, you know, and to the point where I'll cringe. Ah, we have probably some, probably remnants of this mentality even where I pastor now. But, you know, when somebody, no, that's my ministry, you know, we 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 don't we don't ever think that way. We're, we're doing this together, and um, and I am not their hired hand. Uh, we're, we're all doing this, and and the the teamwork um, just is more kingdom. It's relational. We 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 do everything together if possible. What does it look like for a, a small church pastor who, as they're listening to this, maybe mowing the church lawn or taking out the, cleaning out the church bathrooms, you know, after a Sunday morning, and they're saying, I would love to have a team around me. I'd love to have mm-hmm. a staff. What does it look like to build a team where, because um, I'm interested, as you've alluded to, you're not, even your pastoral team is not people with offices and a sign on the door and off, you know, right. eight to five office hours. You guys have yeah. sort of, you've built a unique team and incorporated people in non-traditional ways. What right. does it look like for someone who may not have a church staff and a church office to try to take a team-based approach to ministry? Yeah. Um, first of all, you pull people around. You got to model this yourself. You pull people around you to develop vision. Um, you, you just take people with you. That, that's discipleship, actually. You're just taking people with you. So, I mean, there's some things, there are a few things only you can do as a pastor, but but a lot of things you can include others in. And so you just start building that culture. Like, even for preaching, you know, often pastors have creative teams that work with them on that. Not that they can write your sermon for you, but you're doing things in teams rather than solo. You look at almost everything you do. Where could I bring people in who could either do this for me or do this better than me, but at least do this with me? And so as a small church pastor, you know, I I pastored a group that had two other people in it. That's kind of what I had to build from years ago. And uh, you, But you do it, you, just everything you do, you do with other people. It just becomes part of your DNA. You, you bring people in, you think with them. 
It's not like they pay you to come up with everything and be the only creative person. And so even in a small church, you do that. In a small church, uh, you know, your talent pool is more limited. So you have to figure out what are the strengths of what we are. There's 45 of us in our congregation. Uh, What are our strengths? What gifts do I have? Uh, Where could I bring people alongside to do it? And there are certain core functions that you need, but um, like you probably need ushers if you're going to have a public service or greeters at least. You you probably need some child care and some child ministry, children's ministry people. You probably need a worship team. If you can encourage those teams to be, those people to work together in value-added ways, where where it's not just what they're giving out, but the value they're adding back in. Um, So the combination of, not trying to do everything, but what you do do, uh, do in ways in which people are not only functioning in their assignments, but they're having opportunity to pray for one another. So if I'm a volunteer and I'm on a team, there's 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 relationship being va- added back into my life. It's not like they gave me this job and I haven't heard from the pastor in six months. You know, I haven't heard from anybody in six months. It's like, no, there's there's built-in reinforcement. There's built-in feedback systems. There's built-in encouragement, and so you you in a small church, um, there's still enough people for that more limited, narrow things that God's called you to do as a small church that uh, can really involve, that really allow people to connect in ways that are value added back into their life, and and in doing so through teams, you really are accomplishing many of your pastoral objectives for people um, in helping them reach their potential. Anytime pastors sit down and start talking about the people part of ministry, um, there's an unfortunate tendency for it to turn into a kind of complaining or, or, you know, there are real challenges that are involved when you try to integrate people in the way people centered you're talking about. And we've talked already in episodes about the way people can disappoint you and you can disappoint people. Um, But I thought maybe a good way to sort of round out this conversation about people centered is maybe to hear you reflect a little bit just on the joys of a people centered approach to ministry, because, you know, it's a, there can be so much complaining. The people are never the way I want them to be or never have the skill sets I think that we need or the nothing's ever quite right. Um, but when you do find this sort of heart for loving people, pastoring people that God has put in front of you, a people-centered approach, a team around you, uh, in your experience, what are just what are some of the joys of maybe, to put it simply, getting to pastor, getting to be in these people's yeah. lives and, and recognize they're at the center of what God has called you to do? Yeah. Uh, next to the next to the that almost tangible sense of God's presence among us when we're together as a worshiping community. Uh, the other thing that probably turns my crank the most is uh, watching people step up to try something they've never tried before, watching people be fruitful. Um, I love encouraging people. I mean, and, 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 and watching them be, embolden. I love the word encourage. It's courage with the prefix en, you know, to to breathe or to feed into people's life courage uh by by that. And I honestly I, I just absolutely love watching people begin volunteering and even begin taking leadership positions and doing things they never thought they could do. That's cuz that comes right close to why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, I, I want to be a servant to their potential. So that's one of my great joys is just watching people grow and 
and experience. And, you know, I'm a bit of an introvert. I tried very hard to be an engineer. So none of those are very relational stereotypic images, but um, I, I love a team. You know, when, when I worked at the, uh, for the Assemblies of God National Office, my, one of my, the traveling to be out there with people was one of my favorite parts of the job. But the other was sitting at the table with the executive leadership team and just doing things together. I, in spite, even in spite of my introvertness and my tendency, like, oh, just stay out of my way. I'm just going to do what I, I want to do here. Um, it, it's just it's just so kingdom. I just feel the presence of God when we're sitting around a table in a team and we're interacting. And I feel I feel Jesus smiles on those moments. That's his kingdom. It's relational. It's not Lone Ranger stuff. And I just absolutely love working on a team. That was the only time in ministry I've ever worked on somebody else's team. But my favorite time at Central Assembly is late Tuesday morning when we have our team leader meetings and and, and just the dynamic, the, the synergy that's created, the creativity, just knowing I'm not doing this together uh, alone. We're doing this together. I mean, those... Those truly, authentically are some of my greatest joys, in spite of the fact I'm an introvert. I mean, there's nothing that beats that. Are there ways for a pastor who may not be feeling that joy that you would say um, uh, some things they could do to, to sort of rekindle that affection for their congregation, for their people, in spite of the challenges? Ways that you would say, maybe here's some perspectives or some disciplines or some mm-hmm. practices to maybe reawaken some of that that love for people, the people-centeredness yeah, of ministry. Yeah. Well, I never want to separate this from our spirituality. And the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so you you need you need to ask God to break your heart and to give you his love. I had an amazing experience. I was in a country in East Africa years ago, and I was on a small team. We found an unreached people group, made initial contact with them. We're back in the capital city of that country, uh, and uh, which is now imprisoning a lot of the church leaders. But it was a little freer then. And one of the church leaders of the National Pentecostal Church there came up, and I was traveling with my brother-in-law and I, and came up to our hotel room just before we were going to go to the airport and leave. And he said, I want to pray for you guys. He was an, like an evangelist, uh, African evangelist. And he came to me. And my brother-in-law were kneeling at two chairs, and he came and laid his hands on me. I don't have much hair on top. I have a little hair on the side. But he just started massaging my head like you just rub a bowling ball. And he just started praying, love, 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 love. And it it was at a very strategic time. It was the mid-'90s. I was maybe 10 years into full-time ministry, 10, 15 years into full-time ministry. But God was really... I'd, I'd gotten too performance-oriented, put a lot of pressure on myself, and I don't think people felt loved. Like, they got to know we're doing this because we love them, you know? And uh, and it was um, my pastoral care people also resigned, and I just had to start doing a lot more hospital visits, even though it was a larger church, just for a little while. But I'll never forget that guy just praying over me, love, 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 love. And I do believe there's something supernatural. Something changed inside of me. I also, I actually noticed people responding to me differently, responding to my servants. I felt like there was a brokenheartedness in me that I didn't have before. There was a, there was a, there was a compassion. There was an actual general. This is not a job. I'm doing this because I love people. And so I really believe some of that supernatural. Yeah, and the other does come down to your calendar. I mean. Um, uh, you got to be making time on your calendar just to listen to people's hearts and not talk about yourself. 
I, I generally believe that if you're going to build teams, you need a lunch budget because you're always, you're always out there, you know, what, what are you feeling? Where do you think God could use you? But uh, so you're always out there kind of recruiting volunteers and leaders, but you're just listening to people's hearts and people listen to you as a pastor all the time. So I try to use lunch meetings. I try to use appointments with people during the week just to, just to ask questions mainly and just mainly let them talk. Just really listen deeply to what they're saying. And that just helps me feel connected to people. Yeah, really helpful. Um, well, there's no way for you to reach out and touch people's heads, regardless of how much hair they have over a podcast. Uh, but that that prayer, uh, that same yeah. prayer for love, I think is something by the Spirit yeah. could reach people's hearts even through this medium. So maybe you could close yeah. us out by just praying that for all of us, myself included, um, God would just deepen the love we have for yeah. the people in our lives, the people he's called us to pastor or to lead in families or neighbors, that we would just be people who, who love people. Yeah. Father, we thank you. You love us here in his love, not that we loved you, you first loved us and sent your son and that your love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. My God, help us to love people. I pray you'll give us your eyes by the power of the spirit for people, not cynical eyes, not critical eyes, not roll, not rolling our eyes at people, but Lord, give us your eyes for people, Lord of compassion of concern your eyes to see people's potential even people we've written off help us to truly love people help me to continue to do that help pastor chase my friend here help every spiritual leader that may be listening to this lord give us your heart for people give us new patience with people and give us those pastoral eyes to see people's potential love 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 lord is that African pastor prayed over me. Lord, I just pray you'll rub our heads, Lord Jesus, and just say love, love, love. Just impart it to us, we pray. Break our hearts for people. Help us to do this for the right reason. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Jim Bradford Podcast. We would uh, really appreciate it if you would take the time to leave us some feedback on the show. You can do that by leaving a rating or by typing out a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, we hope you might consider subscribing to the show. We're looking forward to a lot of the conversations to come in the weeks ahead, and it would mean a lot to us if you'd be a part of those. If you have questions or topics that you'd like to ask Pastor Jim to hear him cover, we'd appreciate it if you'd take the time to send those in. You can do that by email by going to questions at jimbradford.org. We'd love to be able to take a look at those and get them featured on the podcast. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time.